What's up? I'm Jeff Weiss, a writer. And I'm No Can Do, a rapper. And this is Shots Fired. Pow, pow, brrr, pow. I forgot to say a podcast about hip-hop and whatever. <laughs> now they know. <laughs> you've, you've heard our secret. It's a podcast about hip-hop and Basquiat snapbacks, if you didn't know. Today our guest is going to be Far East Movement, very famous for the song uh, Like a G6, Girls on the Dance Floor, uh, a bunch of other hits. Um, and yeah, they have a new album out called Murder Was the Bass. It's an EP. It has Corrupt and Riff Raff on it, and they made all the beats for it, actually. They did not rap on it, I don't believe. And I'm sitting here next to No Can Do, who I just discovered he has a puff goatee. I looked that up because I was writing an article about is, that what, is it called a puff goatee? Yeah, I like I was Googling. I'm like, how would I describe Quelle Chris's goatee? And I'm like, I believe it's a puff goatee. So you, I believe, have a puff goatee. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really just do. I have grown a goatee because if I shave it, then I'll get like little bumps, you know? You still have the rat tail? Uh, it's not a rat tail, it's a duck tail, <laughs> sir. <laughs> sir. And yeah, I still have it. Combat Jack was not, I don't think. We're, we're now in the loudspeakers network, which uh, Combat Jack is the, the the ruler of. Shout out to Combat Shout Jack. Shout out to Combat Jack, yeah. He was he did not understand the, the duck tail. In, in the, in the... I don't think that they ever had them in New York, though. No, I don't think so. The best moment, too, I don't know, have we talked about when you had the moment of synchronicity with the guy? We did, from the guy from the Outfit Texas, when you guys like looked at each other and saw into the window at the, the end of time. Yeah, well, we, we looked at each other, and it was like, you know, they both had, it was okay. like Maggie and the kid with the unibrow on The Simpsons. We were just like... Or like that episode of, like, uh, or Back to the Future 2, where, like, Jennifer sees her future self yeah, and faints. Exactly. <laughs> it was just like that. So what's good with you? I hear... Um, you were at the oh, Eric Andre show? I went to the Eric Andre show. I've been in the studio a lot, like always. You know, we got this Hellfire Club thing. That's that's all the boring stuff, though. That's all the work stuff. But I went to the Eric Andre show while it's in the studio, while letting our last podcast bounce, you know? Uh-huh. And um, I went over there, and I got there late, but I got there in the midst of him bringing the whole, basically the whole crowd from the Echoplex on stage <laughs> and just throwing fucking mustard and mayonnaise at everybody and then breaking shit. And then, then they start, Then him and his homies just started throwing everybody off stage. <laughs> then they interviewed Krayshawn. And I don't know if you ever seen his interviews. He basically he asked he asked him a question, then cuts them off. And then yeah. like one of his you know one of his comedian homies comes out and does something weird behind their back and yeah. like ultimate troll. But the whole time in the back, like in the trailer outside, Krayshawn was pumping breast milk because she's pregnant, right? Yeah. Just like chilling or for a baby's consumption? I, I think it was Just like, like as a party trick. I think it was, you know, for a baby's consumption or something. But then somebody <laughs> got the good idea like, hey, you should see if Eric Andre will drink that on stage. Oh. That's what the homie, you know, I got the inside scoop, you know. <laughs> the homie told me that. And then Eric Andre actually, you know, came out with a bottle of Krayshawn's breast milk at the end of the show. This is his encore. And he's like, I've got a bottle of Krayshawn's breast milk and the small baby bottle. Like when you have an infant, not when you have a huge baby, right? Yeah. And he's like, who wants to drink it? And this this kid got up, and I'm pretty sure he didn't he had he didn't think it was real. He was like, yeah. you know, he wouldn't make me drink Krayshawn's breast milk. <laughs> and then he was like, you gotta chug this, you gotta chug it. And the dude was like, all right, I'll chug it, I'll chug it. And then he just downed a whole like I want to say it's like half of a you know it's like those little cute soda cans. It's like maybe like you know eight oh. ounces of Krayshawn's breast milk. It's like it tastes like weed and Arby's. Yeah, it tastes. Yeah, exactly. It's like Oakland is fucking you know fucking weed and fried chicken. Oh god. And uh, so I guess it's better than V Nasty's breast milk. Yeah. <laughs> Later on, I text Eric Andre and I was like, Hey, um, 
you know you can pass AIDS through breast milk, right? <laughs> and, he, and he was just like, I hope that kid doesn't get AIDS. <laughs> and then, you know, kept it pushing. Moral of the story is you think Krayshawn has AIDS? That's a horrible thing to say to hear. <laughs> I don't think Krayshawn has AIDS, but, I you know. That would be a horrible, People yeah. can have, I mean, like. AIDS humor yeah. never really translates over the air. Nah, I mean, but if you're going to drink a breast <laughs> milk. better than it did in the 90s, but still terrible. If, you drink, if you're going to drink a woman's <laughs> breast milk, you might as well hit it raw. Is that what I'm trying to say? Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so what's what's up with you, man? Oh man, what I've been, been at doing? the Co- I've been at the Kobe spectacle every night. Um, Kobe came back last week, which I'm sure everyone listening knows. And it was the first game back was who's Kobe? Kobe Bryant is a slice of beef in Japan named after a basketball player, mm. and. Yeah, he came back. It was like, yeah, I watched the practice, and he looked old as fuck and slow and could barely dunk. And I was like, this is going to be a disaster. His first game back was a total disaster. Um, he was like, turned the ball over eight times. He just looked like like he was ice skating out there, like kind of like old man. He kind of had like, he kind of still has like the old man, like when you play like your dad, when you're I like young. It. And you're like, dad backs you down, mm-hmm. and then like shoots kind of like an ugly shot over here, and you're like, how the fuck did that go in? Yeah, because but, it's from like 15 years ago when the gravity on the earth was different. <laughs> yeah, it, it's sad. He had 20 points last night, but it was like, if you looked at the box score, you'd be like, oh, Kobe had 20 points. That's pretty good. He didn't turn the ball over that much. But, I don't know, it's weird. It's a fucking circus over there. Like, the first game, there were like, every reporter on earth was there, like, showing up, and like... It's weird because, like, you go back, you know, you go to the locker room. It's, like, sort of like being backstage and they have a press conference. And, like, every reporter asks, like, the dumbest questions. Like, it's like, so. What are the dumbest questions you've heard? Just, like, I mean, it's, like, it's not that they're dumb as much as, like, they're just unanswerable. Like, they're like, oh, so what did you think about the defensive rotations out there? And everyone's like, yeah, they're, like, slow and we need to get better and we need to execute better in transition. And, you know, we need to rotate and our ball movement needs to. And you're like, shut up. Yeah. You're just saying what you think you should say. Yeah, exactly. There's no way to answer that. Like, what do you just, think about it? I'm, I don't know. I and I just want to talk to them about, like, what they think about, like, like records or, like, or like yeah. random ass, like, life things. Be like, yo. You want to, like, Nardwar them? Like, totally Nardwar pull, them. Pull out, like, this right here. I is interviewed a- Jordan Hill, and, like, I was looking up on Twitter, like, how many people he, like, who he follows, you know, which he's, like, followed Rich Homie Quan. So I'm like, yeah, you, yeah. Fuck with that. I was like, you fuck with that new Rich Homie Quan mixtape. He's like, that, yeah. I was like, you let, you remind me of Waka Flocka. And he's like, because he lived in Atlanta for like high school. Yeah. So he took that as a high compliment. Tight. Yeah. And uh, speaking of it, Waka Flocka, didn't like Waka Flocka publicly disavow his, his knowledge of who Gucci Man was? He was just like, <laughs> Gucci Man, who was that? Like, then he, I don't know. I saw something in passing online. I, you know, I don't pay attention to this shit, really. Gucci Man. Gucci Man's turning into a fat trap Buddha lately, though. Have you seen, like, he's just like, oh, he's kind of getting, like, this amazing trap Buddha belly. That's tight. Yeah. It's, it's from stopping when you don't do drugs anymore. Yeah. yeah. I don't think lean metabolizes that well, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> what does lean do to metabolize? Speaking of Southern rappers, dude, my, I just found out my aunt, who's, like, 60, man, my, my dad's older sister. Yeah. He, she just faced like she just faced first. I'm I'm over Facebook, and I'm think I'm over yeah. g- gunplay because she Facebooked a gunplay song. She posted a gunplay song and said that uh, you know I really like gunplay. You know For his morals, yeah, and his ethics. This song called Bible on the oh Dash. that song is amazing. Well, maybe the songs I haven't listened. You to. You never heard Bible on the Dash? 
Nah, but we should. I don't know, Mike. We should play it, but we should play. It. We should. We should play it. Um, but not just now. Google. That's fine. Just Google "Bible on the Dash." It's amazing. You probably all seen it. But anyway, so okay, continue. maybe my aunt just has good taste. That's a great song. It's one of Gunplay's best. It's one of Gunplay's finest works. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> In the Bible of Gunplay, um, I think you, you had another stadium event uh, recently. I was at Staples three nights in a row, which is like the ultimate. Like, oh, look at me, Staples. That's. But yeah. I mean, that's you're moving up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you 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 joke, you laugh, but that's a big deal. Uh, Staples three nights in a row. Yeah, I wore a tuxedo. No, so Jay Z played. Yeah, guy, I I don't want to go fucking Jay Z concert, but like but my editor, the Hollywood Reporter, was like, you want to go see Jay Z? You know, that paid all right. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> like, what am I gonna say no to go see Jay Z? Yeah. Makes sense. But he um. First of all, there was a lot of things that were just like moments where you're like, watch Jay-Z ruin my childhood, which is really cool because every time I see Jay-Z, it's like, because I loved, I don't know about you, were you a big Jay-Z fan when you were growing up? Um, I was a big Jay-Z fan once I heard a million, as soon as I heard that. I mean, that was 97, so yeah, pretty, that was But I heard amazing. I heard that late, like maybe like 98, 99 when they used to play it on the wake up show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I remember, like, there was, like, a gap between, like, you couldn't even get Reasonable Doubt for, like, two years. You couldn't get Reasonable Doubt from, like, basically six months after it came out because it, yeah. like, went out of print to basically when Volume 2 came out. Mm-hmm. And then they actually released Reasonable Doubt. And uh, we were, like, listening to this old bad dub, you know, of, like... But I, once I heard Brooklyn's Finest, I was like, yeah, it's the best song I've ever heard, so... Mm-hmm. So I was, like, the big... I was a huge... I, I liked Volume 1... I even like that We Belong to the City song. I like Volume 2 is amazing. I like that song in high school. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I saw what Jay-Z was getting at in those times. It was like, you're doing a lot for a guy that doesn't have a lot of money. You're making this work, you know? So, yeah, I went there, and he's like, he does like big, first of all, there's like no cohesion whatsoever. He's got like surveillance cameras. He's got yeah, like The question that I asked footage. him was it, is, was it as good as a Watch the Throne tour? No, definitely those, not. Those are the shows we both Throne saw, tour. you know? Yeah, it was not nearly as good as a Watch the Throne tour. He's just bailing it. He's kind of just Jay-Z by numbers. The scat- I mean, especially after seeing Jesus too, where yeah. you're like, damn, Kanye really fucking went for it. Like, whether you like like or like, and in the parking lot, the funny thing is I ended the story because someone's like, Kanye said it was better. Like, I overheard someone saying that in the parking lot. Wow. But Jay, like, literally, he's rapping big pimping, right? And he's rapping the pimpsy part while wearing, like, a leather snapback like a, a Tom Ford 61 jersey and like custom made and like there's like a, a big screen thing of like some ancient Greek goddess mural with a, or a statue with her arms cut off and I'm like you know Pimpsey's ghost <laughs> not happy with this bro. well Pimpsey's Pimpsey his, his living body wasn't even happy not, with the song no that was like a fucking like that's like a fucking, you know, California goes to war with Arizona and Northern California is not with it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was weird. And then like he brought out Chris Martin, but for like Heart of the City. Is it is it he like brought out Chris Martin from Coldplay for Heart of the Fucking City? Oh, it's the one from Coldplay, because if it's the Jamaican one, that pool is hard. That'd be fucking tight. He brought out Stapleton. Yeah. <laughs> Capleton. No, it's, it's a young dude, Chris Martin. He's like the he's like he's like the Jamaican like Miguel. Like, like, <laughs> he brought out Sizzlin' Capleton. Um, yeah, but and he brought out the British guy. The, 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 the Vi- he brought out Vibes Cartel. The, the rich man's cold. The rich man's uh, fucking. Uh, what's it? What's the guy from Radiohead? Tom York. Tom, he's, he's the rich man. Yeah, he's Tom like York. the really poor man's Bono. So he he's brings a poor him man's out, Bono. To sing like, yeah, Jay Z basically has become Bono at this point. I no, realize. but I'm saying Chris Martin is a is the rich man's Tom York. Yeah. even though he he's actually the poor man's Tom York. You know what Tom York once said about Chris Martin? It's like the coldest days ever. He goes, lifestyle music about Coldplay. He goes, they make lifestyle music, and you're like, damn, Tom York, you're the coldest. Wow. 
Wow. Um, yeah, it was. I it imagine was, as soon as I hear lifestyle music, I just think of shopping in Target. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he did like a Nelson Mandela. Like this is like you know what really got me though was like for someone like we talked about in my lifetime volume one because it had obviously where I'm from, which is like top five best Jay Z songs. Mm-hmm. You say top ten, top five, top ten mm-hmm. best Jay Z songs. And then he's like, I want to, I want to show you where I'm from, L.A. And then I was like, oh shit, it was an encore too. I was like, oh shit, is he gonna play where I'm from as an encore? I was like, that's hard as fuck. I was like, everything negative I saw, I thought about Jay Z. Forget it. Like he's gonna play where I'm from as an encore. Cool. I got it. You're like looking you're looking at like your eight fans from back in the day that actually are here and care. Yeah. And then he plays Empire State of Mind. And I'm like, suck a dick, JC. I'm like I was somewhere, man. <laughs> this this is fucked up. Because I'm a rapper. And let's say Jay Z were to ever hear me talk shit. This is like bridge bridges being burned, you know? <laughs> this is I'm, I know, not, right? I'm not really talking shit, but I really think, you know, and this is it's not totally a negative thing, but like you know, actually, Watch the Throne was a good idea, but like the last like solo shit that like he should have did, like to if, to go out on top, Magna like, Carta, like me in the battle world, right? Like yeah. the last battle I should have did was this battle, you know, totally. and, and I already known that or this certain battle, but like uh, New York, the New York state of mind should have been like the last, like haha, I am the king of New York and I am rich and now I'm just gonna do some, now I'm just gonna be Magic Johnson and own a bunch of shit. So, I mean, you know, like. Like, I don't begrudge him th- doing music. I mean, it's just like, I I thought the beats actually in Magna Carta Holy Grail were really good. It sounded like Lowen in 2011 when you started <laughs> reporting that Lowen. 2009, whatever. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no. they. I mean, well, he did steal an Adrian Young beat. Yeah. And then he did steal a Conjo Sufi sh- beat. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so, come on, bro. But, yeah, now, I mean, you know, like, like ultimately, I always say this, but you do have to respect Jay-Z and obviously, like, admire a lot of what he's done, but, like, I just cannot. It's hard to go to a Jay-Z show and watch him now and just, like, be like, you know, and, like, everyone there is, like, you can, it's just Jay-Z karaoke. They're just like, yeah. you know, like, they're just, like, it's, like, a bunch of white people that want to, yeah. like, rap, like, well, niggas I, in Paris. <laughs> like, like, that's I can my say favorite. the word! Yeah. And you're like, no, you can't, and I shouldn't even be saying it on a podcast. Yeah, I mean, you know, but they okayed it, you know? <laughs> Whatever. Tyler, I think Tyler really scared everybody. <laughs> I think Tyler made everybody just like, oh my god, we have to do something extreme. <laughs> so like, what I was gonna say, like the worst part of it though, is like he does his Nelson Mandela tribute, and you're like, cool, all right, Nelson Mandela tribute, he just died, great man, great leader, you know, one of the most inspiring figures. And like, what's the song you play for your Nelson Mandela tribute? What is it? Young Forever. Is that uh, song where it's like forever young? His Phil Collins song. His Phil Collins beats the Pretenders. Check this out. Let me tell you about Forever Young. Cause like on that, dude, I loved. What's it? That's uh, Blueprint Three. I love Blueprint Three. Really? Yeah, I know. Really. I but I think I I only like on to the next one, and then um. But I like on to the next one a lot. But I'm 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 not like one of those like dudes that was like a super Jay Z fan and like loved Reasonable Doubt. And I love I love the pop stuff that he does or whatnot. And I love like that's that direction he took, you know. And um. But uh, my wife, she uh, she really. One day I called my wife's phone because she lost it in the house, and it it rang, and her ringtone for me was "Forever Young," <laughs> and I was like, "What are you? Why is that your ringtone for me?" And then she's just like, "She's like, oh no, because you know this song reminds me of you." I was like, "What? Are you crazy?" And this like caused a real problem in my relationship. I was like, "I was like, for one, I hate that song. Yeah. That, that that song brings down that whole record." Yeah. Two, 
why? <laughs> why would you think yeah. that I would like? You're like, give me on to the next one or that's something. On, give me on to the next one. Give, dude, give me like Death Auto Tune. Just give me, yeah. give me that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. Give me some. How about feeling it? Yeah, <laughs> Get, yeah, feeling it. Feel but it I'm, not, I'm not a feeling it guy. That's like for somebody who, who can smoke a joint and like, yeah. you know, drink some fucking champagne. I'm more, more of a, like originally for whiskey on the rocks. Yeah, that was for Camp Low originally. Feeling oh, really? It. Yeah. Feeling it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm more of a 22 twos kind of guy. You're a 22 twos kind of guy. <laughs> I like to actually politics as usual might be my to politics and dead presidents are probably my favorite songs yeah. on Reasonable Doubt. Yeah, I mean yeah. Brooklyn's finest, obviously too. Yeah, I mean you know I, yeah. I like Reasonable Reasonable Doubt as a whole piece of work, and just because I didn't listen to it when I was a kid and had like a fucking impressionable yeah. mind, yeah. but uh, I really the skits really stand out to me. You know, uh, yeah, just the <laughs> we found some reefer. Yeah, or the broad, just like y'all better sit down. And, you know, yeah. like, they, uh, the that fuck. was like a real sketch at like some like cafe in New York. I forget the name of. It was mm-hmm. like a real. I think it was like a real tape recording or something. Oh really? I think so. Yeah. Oh, that's tight, bro. Might be a hip hop mis- not fact. Um, yeah. So then it was. It's we're just, all do. We're all about the non facts. Were you a? Were you? Were you a fan? Were you an admirer of Nelson Mandela? Um, Who isn't an admirer of Nelson Mandela? I went to, uh, dude, I went to an all-black private Christian school on Crenshaw. I grew up, you know, with, like, hella African teachers and shit like that. Yeah, so... Is that where you get your African dad thing? Yeah, Pastor August is my is is the guy who what I would imitate. African... <laughs> I'm like, I'm just looking for any excuse to get your African dad voice on. <laughs> but I can't do it when in reference to Nelson Mandela, but... <laughs> Dave, Dave Chappelle could. Nelson Mandela, I don't know wh- how to say his name, but he's his name, I mean, his history is crazy. For one, yeah. he's like, he's the son of, of a tribal, tribal chief. Leader, yeah. yeah, so like, he was basically like, you know, the the... He's basically he, had, he was born with a lot of responsibility. Yeah. He was he was bred from leaders, yeah. you know, sort of like the um, Buddha. Yeah, you know what I mean, like born king. Yeah, like. and then he then his name his 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 like actual like birth name or his African name is freaking. It means one who brings trouble upon. Yeah, himself. it's like who shakes the bushes. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. it's one one who brings trouble like shakes the bushes or shakes the trees. Exactly. So like, he kind of like became that. And, you know, but he was a lawyer, and you know, and then he was a boxer. Then he was a, I didn't a, know he was a boxer. Yeah, he was like a rebel, but not like a pro. He boxed. I like that he like was like into like pacifism as a ideology, but only to a point. Like mm-hmm. where he's like, okay, I'm using it as a strategy, but like if this doesn't if this doesn't work, then like violence is necessary. And like I think that's ultimately kind of a form of pragmatism. Yeah. Where it's like I, I respect anyone kind of pragmatic, and then coming out of jail, obviously, and like being that. Being that based and positive. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you put me in jail for 28 years, I'll be like, burn these motherfuckers down. But one thing No I can... books, either, I don't think he was allowed. Like, he wasn't allowed books, I don't think, or newspapers. Yeah, I heard he yeah. read The Economist, though. Really? Because they thought it was, like... like they, they, thought, they didn't realize it was, like, a World Affairs magazine. They thought it was, like, about, like, the economy. Oh, like yeah? A, yeah. I mean, I, I imagine that if you go to jail for uh, 27 years, was it? 28, 27, one of those two. And you go in young, you come out old... Your testosterone levels drop, so you're less about the war, and you're more about like, hey man, I mean, I'm just trying to go. Oh th- no, he got divorced from Winnie Mandela like right afterwards. He's like, she never slept in my bed, and then like like re-upped with like the uh, I think the former wife of the president of Mozambique who was widowed. Oh yeah, yeah, she was like a widow. Oh yeah, he was probably he, he probably got fast. the best one too, huh? Yeah, I mean like I mean I bet you Nelson Mandela single on the market could pretty much get any woman in sub-Saharan Africa that he wanted, and outside of sub-Saharan Africa. Dude, I was in England and somebody said because it was when he's on his deathbed and they're like yeah Nelson Mandela might be the only person that's like 
can you know can shut the city down more than the queen totally you know is there anybody like even like you know how most people like when paul walker died like people made like bad jokes about you know what i mean like you can't make a bad joke about nelson there's like no bad joke i will sock somebody (laughs) in public like what'd you just say what do you, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> like, you're like, what didn't you like about Nelson? Yeah, yeah I seriously. mean, the Paul Walker thing, man. Like, I mean, it was sad. I, I didn't, I dude. We're really talking care. about Paul Walker on our podcast. We already talked about him in this Far East episode. Oh yeah, we, we, we should go into the Far East. We've been babbling long enough. So, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so basically, we have Far East moving on. I feel like a lot of people know them kind of as like a like a pop rap group, and I, I don't think they would shy away from saying that. They're pretty no, they own it. Because they own it. They that, like entertaining people. That's what I like about them, mm. actually. Like, I, like they never they are very mm. like I feel like a lot of people don't like groups when they go pop when they're like we're these really under like when like Quali kind of like did his like pop crossover shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're just like, come on, dude, you're the manifesto guy. Be the manifesto guy and, and stick to your guns yeah, yeah, yeah and like don't call your own prisoner of conscience because mm-hmm. you like just you can here's the thing about being pop or being conscious because i feel like a dude like kanye west is like oh i'm conscious i'm a conscious rapper or or you know let me think of somebody fucking j cole eh. you know like yeah. they, they they still do it but it's like it's not about like like changing who you are it's yeah. all it is is and, like production and getting a singer on a chorus. Totally. That's all it is. Yeah. Like, you know, that's the difference between a pop record and, you know, and an uh, underground record. Like, I, I look at Far East Movement. I wasn't able to say it on the podcast because I was really, we were having a good time talking. Yeah. But, like, you know, I believe that L.A. is going through what New York went through 20 years ago in terms of his rap music. And if so, if Kendrick is your Biggie or Nas figure, you know, Far East Movement is, you know, uh, Far East Movement are, are your Beastie Boys, you know? And, uh... You know, this is this might offend people, but like in the same relationship that like the Jews had in New York with the with the black kids at the same time. Yeah, I mean, you're not saying their music is like them. You're saying they're occupying a similar lane. They're yeah, they're occupying the similar lane. Yeah, not necessarily. No, I'm not not saying that at all. Yeah, because it's just symbolism at at this point. You know, dude, I don't think Kendrick is like Biggie. You know, (laughs) yeah, yeah, but uh, but you know, obviously you didn't listen to Control enough times. (laughs) Yeah, but um, I feel like the relationship that like the black kids in my generation and the Korean kids in their generation is very similar to like the relationship that like black kids in New York and then like the Jewish kids in New York and like the you know the late 80s early 90s had which is like you know post-racial tension but also they share the same space went to the same schools yeah. you know like you know businesses are being patronized by each other yeah things well, like that yeah well one of the flashpoints of the riots was uh, Latasha Harlins who mm-hmm. was shot by a Korean grocer for shoplifting an orange juice and she was unarmed and you know a lot of people think it was only rodney king but there'd been like a history of you know tension and that was one of the big kind of incidents and yeah, yeah yeah but it's changed a lot and so yeah no i feel I, you know the first time i ever interviewed them was like they were playing the palladium with like lmfao and like a bunch of other people it's yeah oh like nine and i think they are 10 2010 i think yeah. 2010 to maybe yeah it was like 2010 and they had a uh they already had Girls on the Dance Floor, which is, like, a pretty huge it was local a big, hit in big L.A. Hit, yeah. yeah, they had a couple other, like, local hits in L.A. So, I mean, like, the thing is, like, I will, like, I'm always inclined to really, like, I mean, they're also, like, the nicest people ever. They're, like, yeah. wonderful human beings who, mm. um, like, have, I don't know, like, you feel like people get famous and they cop attitudes and, like, you know, you mm. see it happen, but, like, they were the opposite of that. They're, like, very, very humble and, like, yeah. grateful and appreciative. and Definitely. Um, and, and they're super community dudes. They're hood by, like, you know, all... You know, all, yeah. all definitions of the yeah, word. Yeah, like anyone you know? that kind of like, I don't know, like just being an LA person, like you kind of like, they didn't come from nowhere. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they, they, they were definitely coming from like a concrete place. And I feel like a lot of people, like a lot of pop stars, like were like, you know, it gets like, they're just like this like weird 
you know, like contraption, like almost like some market. And like they're like, yeah, they like came- no, somebody found somebody's son wanted to make a record, and they put his, him and his friends in school together, and they like kind of like somebody you know gave them. I've I've been at listening parties where it's like the son of some director totally. is is you know playing his yeah. mixtape for all the people that are the movers and shakers in the city, totally. you know. But these guys, uh, they. Uh, I battled their manager in yeah. like 2001, 2002. Well, I feel like a lot of people don't know. Like and you're like, yeah, like there's a backstory. Like they like they yeah. came up through like the underground. So it's like it's sort of like yeah. how like Black Eyed Peas, where it's like obviously like Black Eyed Peas, like a lot of people like hit on them and like I I pretty much hate most of Black Eyed Peas music. <laughs> like, but but see, you don't have kids like, though. Will I Am also was like one of the greatest freestylers in It'll LA freestyle rap it. history. The thing about it is, you know? is that you can tell when somebody's about the money and and when and they're about about blowing up and really like going for it or they're just doing it to fuck around or they don't know what they want to do yet and Far East Movement the Black Eyed Peas you know certain people you could just see it off of them off top like oh shit I know exactly where you want to go also I like about them too to is like, and they said on the podcast which we're about to go into is like you know where Kev Niche is basically talking he's like yeah we have a lot of respect for music and they're like real hip hop heads like you know what I mean real like heads. Progress talks about Def Jux the whole time <laughs> you know what I mean like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like random underground backpack shit and uh but they're like we have too much respect for that and they were like we're never going to be like the, we're not those guys we're never going to be like great on in that respect so let's just yeah. do the pop thing and like do it well which i mean like how can you hate on that and and what's what's i, I don't know I, I feel like we're defending them for for like, a yeah. chance to talk but it's like yeah i mean, they don't, I mean any, they don't anybody anybody who doesn't like like pop music for the sake of you know it being it or you know they're they i guess it's that's a luxury to be to have the have the time to sit and listen to challenging music or mega challenging music all the time uh, that's that's what i feel and you know for people who like don't like people who make money like oh you're selling out <laughs> that's that means you're under 30 that means you don't have any responsibilities yeah. you're a child if you know yeah. i mean hey like they they wrote a number one hit like that's yeah. the hardest thing to do in the no world no one can do that. that's hard that is like the hardest thing to do in the world like i mean like i think like every artist like the goal is to write something that's like popular like no matter what like you know what i mean like i think like you can tell any underground i mean they might want to do it on their own terms but i think everybody wants success so it's like yeah. you know and like to do it in a way that's not obnoxious and arrogant and like kind of respectful you know and like there's and, nothing sleazy about it which i like too and you know if it was sleazy it's, 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 i like some sleazy music but yeah like, the, sle- you know. the sleaze is cool man but there's not there's not a lot of sleaze in their music they know how to kind of and they shout it at three six mafia so <laughs> juicy, early on it's a juicy j it's a yeah you can pre, you can pre- juicy j comeback it, it might have been like you know one of the things that juicy j heard that like woke him up out of his slumber yeah you know it, i'm in, gonna go with that narrative. in the volcano yeah. that he was in so as yeah yeah so basically far east movement responsible for the state trip here of juicy j so you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. all right man all right let's go there. let's start this podcast bro get your bars up lay down and stay down i made it cool to say now i stay around k-town the ladies love the beats with the bass sound and that's why they shake it for me ass up and face down i'm a beast in this game call me blanca you can ask my hot guatemala mama call her blanca self-made i don't need a sponsor sick flow i probably need a doctor straight up like my posture smoke good like a rasta all-star on the roster and i'm flyer than a saucer for real it's not an act yeah but i think it's because of rap i got this pretty little k-pop thing on my lap i got this pretty little k-pop thing on my lap pretty little k-pop thing on my lap pretty little k-pop thing on my lap got this pretty 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 little thing in the middle of the city in a rooftop bar i got so high i bumped into a star she asked me how i'm feeling i said i'm like my car i'm super Charged. Uh, Flyer than a G6. Shout out to Far East. What's up? We're with the Far East Movement. 
Yeah. What up? Dude, we are here. Shots fired. This is Shots Fired. Mm-hmm. Episode two in the new s- studio. Blug, blug. We've been reading comic yeah, books for yeah, the last 45 yeah. minutes and making AK-47 ad-lib sounds. Exactly. It's pretty yeah. cool. We're <coughs> planning our next Korean barbecue trip. Yeah. Do you guys want to introduce yourself for uh, the yeah. podcast right. world? This voice right here is Kev Nish from LA, from the Far East Movement. Hey, this is Theo from 92.5. What up, Jay Spliff, Far East Movement. And we got Ben, our tour manager over here. Ben what we're dragging you into this interview whether you like it or not. <laughs> right. I was expecting more Are you the responsible right one? Now. Are you okay. responsible? Uh, responsible? I was expecting more mm. splits right now. Oh, yeah. what do you mean? Not <laughs> like a cloud of smoke. Not when I already high. Oh, oh I, didn't, I didn't know it was a smoke no, friendly smoke. smoke. Here. Oh, yeah, the last episode, there's no cigarettes inside. In the oh. last episode, there's like me not talking for 30 minutes, and they're like, "You're unnecessarily quiet." And it was because problem brought like eight blunts in. <laughs> there was like, <laughs> there's a lot of blunts, blunts being passed around. Yeah. It was tight. Yeah. So our old studio, we couldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so our show's going to shreds after that. After a year of intense focus and building a base, we're sure, trying to make it. I got weed. You got some papers? There's a bong here that DJ nobody's already always fucking with. Here we go. <laughs> there, there it goes. Oh, no. Got me started. All right. So, what you guys been? You guys were basically touring for the last year. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, that change the water? <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know how this works. Yeah. I don't smoke the weed, so I'm gonna change the water. <laughs> the weed. I don't smoke. I don't, smoke. The, you sound I don't like, smoke the weed. You sound like, like Caleb, the like, old uh, rich guy on the boot? OC. Or like the, boot, <laughs> the like, docks. You are be you gonna smoking smoke with the them pot? cigarettes? Yeah. <laughs> no can do giving up his rap cred immediately. I haven't taken a bong rip in a minute though. I haven't either. Yeah, it's not. I feel like once you get past a certain age of college, it's hard to take a, bong rips. It's hard to smoke when you're traveling too. It's like some countries. We had our our cameraman. He got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell this story. So we were in uh, Australia <laughs> and flying over to Amsterdam. No, no, flying over to New, New, New Zealand. Zealand, and he didn't realize that he had a wax container on him. It was hidden in his bags. So as we were going through customs, they said, well, they felt like searching his stuff. Bam, they found the wax. And so he got deported, almost got our whole crew in jeopardy of getting deported, not being able to do our tour. Luckily, we, we were able to finesse our way out of it with the help of Ben. But yeah, you can't you can't blaze. Oh, no, that really funny really though, because we were actually in we were in Australia mm. at like a theme park. Uh. I think it was in the Gold Coast or something. And he pulls out a a, a G pen uh-huh. and he just starts smoking. Our, uh, our, our, our videographer. Oh really? We're gonna he say just, no names. Yeah, he saw smoking. <laughs> no snitching. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, did you snitching. did you bring that shit yeah. all the way over from uh, the Keister? I've heard a lot of people have been doing that. He's like, he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. I've had it in my backpack for like weeks. I totally forgot about it. Yeah. Here's something yeah. smoking. Nothing's gonna happen. But I knew though when we landed in New Zealand because I out out you know customs you get your bags yeah. and you you gotta go through customs. There's, there's dogs too. One door. Yeah. Usually everywhere else there's like you declare or you don't declare. Yeah. Out in New Zealand. There's one exit. Everybody. I mean, you're and American, there's a fucking so lady with a dog. Oh, yep. no. uh, so right when we were waiting to go out, and he had to go separately because of visa issues. Remember, yeah, it was like, yeah. you go first. And I was like, right when I was in line, I was like, huh. <laughs> it's a wrap. Because I knew he had that shit on him. I was like, that's uh, a Did rap. the dog like get going? Dude, he the jumped dog. on the bag. So the oh, dog. Oh, oh, that's the worst yo, thing. this that stupid ass. Yo, check it out. This <laughs> stupid ass dog jumps on me. Right, wow. so you were going through. I'm like, oh, cute ass dog, whatever. So and they're like looking at the dog jumps like, at me. Jay Spliff. Yeah, so uh-huh. like, search this. Man. So they did search all. They went through all my shit. 
Yeah. They flipped they through all my dirty. No, they didn't. I didn't have anything on me. Nice. I just smelled like it probably. Yeah. But I saw our photographer, our videographer in there, and I was like, try not to look at him. <laughs> try not to look at him. Like, they don't know we're homies and shit. I'm like, Dude, oh, your you buddy guys. over there is probably not going to make it. I was like, oh, I don't know him. And shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know him. I'm not with him. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. our vision, because we have visa issues and shit. So I was like, trying to be like, oh, I don't know him. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Man. That happened to me when I was uh, driving back. Like, if anyone's listening, never take the 10 east going through New Mexico. Mexico and yeah. to you guys New Mexico, Texas it's right, 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 it's right near Juarez which uh, I did not know and like I had like one it wasn't even a gram it was just literally I was going back from Baton Rouge to California and I had maybe like less than a dub on me just like if I needed to smoke before I went to sleep or something you know and like I had it buried under a bag of laundry like in a sock like underneath like things dog smells it outside of the car gets in and I'm like alright Within three seconds, he finds it at the bottom of the thing. Oh, man. But I talked my way out of it, so. What'd you say? Just like, I was like, you know, man, I have a prescription. I'm coming back. I'm for Rolling Stone. I'm just a journalist. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I look like my hair is like turned my shoulders. They're like, you're probably on mescaline. <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know I was. Um, I wasn't. If I could get to mescaline, I'd probably do it. All right. Anyways, so let's, well, like, you guys obviously are from Los Angeles. Yes, and, sir. um... I want to talk about maybe you guys know each other right from back in the day from yeah. the Asian Hip Hop Summit. Asian wow. Summit, yeah, dumbfounded. Yo, I yeah. still remember when you battled our manager. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he so, battled Ted. Yeah, it was slant. I battled yeah, Ted yeah, in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> in motherfucking Spanish in the last round. It was, like, it was like a good thirty it. minutes going back and forth, oh. dude. It was crazy. How did you know that much Spanish? Because I'm from LA. But I mean, like, I, you know, I, I took like six years of Spanish. I could maybe like order like at, at a at a Mexican restaurant. Well, maybe. I would love my secret is that I'm a private school kid. You know, from the beginning. You went to private school. I went to Christian private school from uh-huh. like preschool up until sixth grade. And so, you know, I had a Spanish teacher the whole way. Nice. And then, you know, then like in high school, I took it again. And then, you know, I used to hang with a gang of Mexican kids. Yeah. And then, you know. Just picked it up. Right. I mean, I knew how to curse. I didn't know press to... the SAP button. He's a bit of a linguist. So, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. yeah I, but I can say like I can order food in like twelve different languages. What? I can curse in every language Damn. I learn. You know, I, I learned how to like you know tell yeah. a girl like, "Hey, baby, what's up?" Like you know, in every language you know that I that I go to, I learn just the, <laughs> Wait, the, the scumbag <laughs> things. Twelve language? Oh, like no, nah, I'm not twelve. Really, <laughs> like really like three or four. Yeah. Take me to your local scumbag. Like that'd be like a good language language school, like a Berlitz yeah. for scumbag. You find them in every country. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard. Yeah. It's the guy that's usually propositioning you for cocaine, like on the street. You're like, <laughs> like that guy will teach me horrible things. Yeah. <laughs> not like I do cocaine, but. Although I did the Combat Jack show. I really don't. Why you did it on cocaine? No. He like They're like, so how much cocaine are you on? I'm like, none. I just drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, seriously, I'm not. Like, my mom will listen to this. My mom listened to an article. I just wrote an article on the G-Pen, actually. And I wrote about how I What's a G-Pen? No, she, it's like she reads it, and she's like, I loved your article. I'm like, the article she's starts trying? out, but I'm like, don't stash it in your shoe, because that's how I got second-degree burns. <laughs> trying to get into Coachella. Did you really? Serious? Yeah, and they also found the drugs that time, but somehow I got out of it too. Damn. They checked for drugs at Coachella? They, 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 oh, really? yeah, are you kidding? It was under the tongue of my shoe and under my sock. And that's like when I find out people get arrested for having drugs in Mexico. Like, yeah. it's, you know. You're like, like, how did you get busted for <laughs> drugs? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you didn't just pay them off? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I had like acid in my shoe. I've told oh, the story wow, on that's there. Crazy. Oh, that's yeah. acid. I've told that story we on there. Yeah. I had mad weed on me. I had luckily, too. Uh, it was horrible. 
Yeah, they wait on you. They find it. No, they, but did you, you have the artist it? pass where you went in? Yeah, the back? maybe that's what it was. Yeah, because we got driven. Yeah, yeah, we got lucky. Snoop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's whack. They do that at Coachella. That's yeah, like, no, and they yeah. had three. They have now. They now have three security checkpoints actually at Coachella. Dude, that's Two like to three. A drug festival. I don't. Know. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it's really hard, and they they bust you, and like you can go. The last one was kind of like it was kind of tame though. I was there. Yeah. Th- I was only there for like two hours to be honest. So I went expensive. to see two chains, uh, and it I was, was like up hella was like responsible people, like uh, the ones picking up after themselves and shit. Yeah, and it was Wait like really expensive. Yeah, it was like where, where's all the fucking trash? Where's the like the naked guy? Uh, you know, there's no fucking weird shit. It was an there. oxygen bar and shit. It was basically an uh, oxygen bar. Yeah. That was crazy though, because they have those magnetic wristband things, yeah. so they yeah. track how many times you go in and out, or, or really you can't leave. Or whatever, if you can't come in. Well, I have no complaints. Like we went to Coachella two years ago, and I got we got to see Snoop and Dre, mm-hmm. Hologram, Tupac, and I got to see Company Flow. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, I was like was one of the few people. people there. Yeah. there were like twelve. There were like fifteen people. It was like I, I'm sorry I didn't see you, but yeah, not that many people. I was no. I was disappointed. That's so about weird, that. man. Because like that's like it's Coachella. I, I saw Two Chains and I saw LP last year or whatnot, and like you know the Two Chain stage was packed, and the LP stage there was not very many people yeah. there. Yeah, I mean it was a good two, amount of people. I mean, LP draw a lot of people you know? at Coachella, but I don't think a lot of the Coachella fans know that LP was the main company flow. Okay. Because they're so young. Yeah. So it's an age thing, I guess. Yeah. So you guys obviously started rapping in Koreatown, I know. And I've, to you, I've told, you know, we've talked about this before, but for like... How many times like, have you interviewed these guys? Oh, 72. 72. And then in Dame Funk. Like, like, I now like do like multiple... Like Dame Funk, I'm like, oh, I have nothing to ask you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Let's just talk shit. Never on radio, though. Never on radio. So tell... Tell your guys' story in well, we, 1,040 uh, characters or less. Yeah, <laughs> 1,040. Well, we we started uh, recording in back at the crib in Koreatown. It was in mm. the back of his parents' house. And What's one of the streets? I'm very particular. Olympia Crenshaw, right? Oh. The next street right over on Victoria. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, yeah, just gave up the geotag yeah, real quick. <laughs> just so <laughs> he dropped the pin on it. Yeah, <laughs> there's, all, there's many houses. There's a lot of houses yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, we would just... Uh, mm use Sonic Foundry, you know, Acid Pro, record music, mm-hmm. put it up on um, on forums. It was AsianRaps.com, mm-hmm. and that's where we found, like, Dumbfounded and Asian Hip Hop Summit. Okay. From then, it was just working our music on, when MySpace came out, we were the spammers. Yeah. You know, oh, check out my new track, you yeah. know, and it just kind of started like that. That's yeah. tight. Yeah, but we were, we've always been following you, so well, you know, that's kind of tight. When when he told me this, I was kind of I was I was excited. When he told me he was yeah. friends with you, I was like, we were at yeah. dinner one day. He's like, yo, I'm friends with no king. The yeah. West Coast fucking we like, king of scribble <laughs> jam, dog. Yeah. yeah, we're like, man, what? you you, you got like all kind of backpack bars, dude. You're like company <laughs> flow scribble jam. Hey dude. man, I'm a nerd yeah. when it comes to that kind of stuff, man. But that, yeah. that was yeah, a proud first time I interviewed you. You were talking about yeah, there was nobody from the West that won before that. Yeah, and you know that was like a main reason why we got into like pop music because we respected hip-hop and we were such fans of it so much we're like well you know we're we're not like you know company flow we're not like most deaf we're not Mm -hmm. like you know all these we should find our own lane Mm -hmm. so it's more out of respect like we're gonna try something different but let's let's like you know experiment with dance music and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and that's kind of how it came out we started to kind of get our sound and stuff it's interesting Mm -hmm. i feel like hip-hop now you can pick like i mean look at kanye is like the most back i mean he's like had a backpack on when he first you know and (laughs) like danny brown is basically i mean eminem is the biggest (laughs) pop star danny brown Brown. yeah you know hip-hop rick james yeah that's what it is i mean she like gummy bro (laughs) 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 <laughs> no. The ASAP Rocky and him going oh, back and forth. Oh, that is the funny. Yeah. Oh, oh she gummed me. Yeah. That's just yeah. hilarious. Yeah, Danny Brown. Anyways, 
But yeah, no, you can pick any almost any rapper. Like Kendrick Lamar. I mean, like there is. I was saying like, mm-hmm. if you go back and listen to Kendrick's like early mixtapes, like he's rhyming over Dilla beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody like everybody that's in the game, they have to like love like. That's like the fundamental stuff, right? Yeah. Like, like whatever you're like local or even like what was the indie stuff. Like, you have to go through that phase of like, I was really into UGK or I was really into mm-hmm. Company Flow. I was really into this stuff, you know. And like, I think the kids that end up being the fans that are younger, they kind of like they just couldn't imagine it because yeah. they see you as like Far East or they right. see you know these other guys. They're like, what are you into? It had to be you know Electro. They probably think that you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. But no, we yeah, it's it's uh, L.A. was a big. What's dope about it though is that L.A. is so diverse. That mm-hmm. You really just pick up anything; it, it becomes you. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and so like the first breakthrough was uh, was Girls on the Dance Floor. Yeah. That was yeah. the first breakthrough. Yeah, yeah, breakthrough. Yeah. How did that kind of like come about? Like, how did you guys go from just like guys that were basically you know just you know doing like kind of rhyming and you know you're starting to write songs and then obviously. That was a, you know, it was, it was like I mean, I think a lot of people who aren't in LA don't know that that was on Power 106 pretty much all year before like, like a G6. That was a good look though, because like before that we had been scrounging for shows, like literally like begging people. We'd have more people like on stage than in the crowd at certain points. Mm-hmm. But when that song started picking up, all of a sudden, like we were managing ourselves, like our phone, our phones started blowing up, started getting emails. So we were picking up like 500 bucks here, 500 bucks there. Mm. At one point, we did 35 shows in 28 days. God damn. Just, and you would never think that there's that many clubs just in Southern California. <laughs> but we just hit literally every single spot mm-hmm. and just and just rock like two or three songs and just like stack our money like that. I think just, you had the first time I interviewed you guys, you told me that you had grapes thrown at you once. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because before Girls on the Dance Floor was our first song on the radio was we were in the we were like doing our thing in the Latin hip hop community. Yeah. It's like the Lowrider, we was on like Pocos Paralocos with Kool Aid. You had a song with Baby Bash, right? We did. We yeah. had a song with Little Rob yeah. and Baby Bash called You Got a Friend. And that that was like the that opened us up to the Power One of Six But um if you people search that they go, What? Those are the same guys? Because you know, us we're always been in the Lowriders, we're always big in the cars. Like it just felt like a natural fit. Lowrider music yeah. and Asians. You know what I mean? It just kind of makes sense. <laughs> it's the LA thing. It's the SoCal thing, with right? The Paul, with yeah. the Paul Walker thing, was that not to like break? Yeah, was oh, that? Yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm sorry not to be like. Right. Wow. I never would too want, soon. I don't know. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, I like. I feel bad. <laughs> I could. I mean, I feel bad that a person died, but I didn't like never saw one of those movies. So I'm we just, never. Like, we never met the guy, but we were on the soundtrack for Fast and Furious Three. I think I remember that. He yeah. wasn't in that movie though. I know. That was the one he wasn't in. Yeah. he was. Yeah, he was. But moving forward, like the same director did all those movies. So we were Justin Lin. Yeah. So oh yeah, you guys always brought it. Is Justin Lin the same dude that did the toxic videos? The toxic. Video no, 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 really? that's a different dude. Well, that's he made that first movie. movie. What that's was James the first James movie he made? Con. Justin Lin oh, James Conn, yeah. He had, like, a big movie. I feel it was, like... Better Luck Tomorrow. Yeah, and that was kind mm-hmm. of his, like, kind of breakthrough. Mm-hmm. I, I think what we talked, actually, you were talking about kind of how that kind of recast, like, you know, like, Asian people for this generation. Like, did you feel like it was that... I mean, and I think you guys, too, like, played a big part in that. Like, it, it, do you feel like there was that kind of change around the time, like, what, early 2000s, mid-2000s? True. Just, like, how it changed, like, I don't know, before, like... The fast like, what better luck tomorrow? Awareness. Like yeah, like there never been like I mean you guys were the first I think big national. Asian I'm gonna American say rappers. plainly what he's trying to say, and this is what I believe too, right? <laughs> In America, like like especially since there's a big we're from Los Angeles, right? So yeah. like we're used to just like all this like cross cultural stuff going on, you know? Like even if you stay in your own hood, you still see a bunch of people from everywhere and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, in Hollywood, there's no like there's no like uh, there's no like 
Asian Brad Pitt. You know, like there's right. no like you know. So you guys are kind of like maybe like with well, I think you guys are like kind of like pioneering like you know uh, what the Asian male looks like in media and like popular media maybe. Well, because you know? yeah, I mean you think about it, there's like a guy like Lyrics Born had exi- there are people like it exist. Oh. Mountain Brothers. Uh, so Tom, Tom, we, drop, yeah. we drop we name drop him in every interview. We LBs can. of shit. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean there were, but like I feel like on like a mainstream level. On like, a mainstream level, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, you still feel that though. Like we always feel that we always say, like when we go to a high-end club, and like our fans will be there, and the security will let in like a, a type of person into the section that looks like this or this, but we'll see our own like brothers and sisters, and they won't let them in. You That's know what sweet. I mean? And and mm. you think, whoa, like it doesn't feel good to be up here in this little section if the people that we care about can't in. And you know, we don't know them, but it's like you feel like there's still that like those boundaries those no, racial no, no. boundaries in Hollywood yeah. and, Definitely and Hollywood. whatnot and um, it's, it's kind of it's you know you kind of want to figure out a way to do what you can you know yeah we well, we actually had a thing with like I mean I, I did a show with uh, Open Mike Eagle at Harvard and Stone and like the bill was like Dame Funk and uh, Open Mike Eagle uh, Ariel Pink was going to DJ and uh, the Spanish Chicano Batman it was going to be a really good show and then like they found out that Open Mike Eagle was a rapper and they the night before the show were like he cannot play <sighs> Mm-hmm. And but like and then like I was we were talking about it. And and their people, excuse was that they don't do any uh they don't do n- uh non acoustic rock. They only do uh, analog rock and roll. <laughs> analog rock and roll. Analog rock what and if roll. It was spoken word. What if yeah. It was, yeah. But then Dame Funk is like a DJ who like does like you know like like a retro electro kind of thing right. you know. So it's like what their whole excuse was just. But like, like and I was valid, saying like you know there are mm-hmm. like Asian nights at clubs where if you're not going that night and there's like black nights you know mm-hmm. where like if you can't it's like they have I mean I think like knocked up really. My cousin the promoter of that that night I go to his party, really you know yeah was, <laughs> just, yeah. um yeah no but like not I think knocked up had it actually really kind of that was like they satirized it really well where like you know uh, Craig Robinson's like like I can only let one court you know so it's just kind of I don't know yeah. do, do you feel like it is changing well not really mm-hmm. I mean you, the more you go into like middle America and and you know even whether it's Canada or wherever you still feel that and so that's kind of why we we did the whole spam and egg things with dumb and that's what's gonna bring up that shit was tight thank you man yeah. explain that to you know maybe someone yeah, doesn't well, know what that is like we we started feeling like we, we one night we called a uh, pro calls of dumb and it's like yo let's let's just let's go have a drink or let's and go out dumbfounded like just you know is a rapper in la he's been yeah. on our podcast before like uh yeah he's a he's amazing uh, amazing freestyle rapper and artist and mm-hmm. so we went out have some drinks we're like dude k-town is dead and it's like well we don't want to go to hollywood because you get that same old you know bullshit at the door and mm. you know bullshit at the tables and half your crew can't get in and so we're like you know let's uh we went out we went out to a few clubs in k-town noticed mm. it was dead the only thing that was popping was like these uh, you know, underground karaoke spots where you can rent chicks, you know? Mm-hmm. Not- you, you, can, you heard that right. Are we talking about booking? This is better than booking. Better than booking? Better than booking? What does it mean renting a girl in I don't mean better as a kid, but it's like, better as a handle your vice. I don't think most people know what booking is. I feel like, let's take a bath. Wait, 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 wait. Let's have a whole booking section. Yeah, let's talk booking section. Continue the story about... I've been booking and I'm... So, we were like, yo, what... Why, okay, we think, okay, we can go out to sing karaoke, but why should we have to pay for our own girls from our neighborhood to hang out with us? That mm. doesn't make sense. No matter if you're a rapper mm. or no matter if we're doing taxes. Do the girls get the money? Yeah, yeah, you, you pay them. So we're like, that's kind of a slap in the face when these <laughs> same girls 
go to Hollywood and probably fuck half those dudes for free 99. I'm like, so why are they charging their own people in their own neighborhood? Wait a second, this whole shit is twisted. Yeah, yeah. And we're so like, you just changed the game so like fucking like, like, like a pimp in like the 70s. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. we just, you know, dumb. He's a creative dude. We're like, yo, let's just do, let's throw a party where mm. half the people can get in for free. People can find each other if they want to fuck or do whatever they want. Mm. And, and let's just make a cool party. And that's how Spam and Eggs came about. Mm-hmm. It was a, Spam and Eggs was Far East Movement, Dumbfounded, Toki Monster, and an uh, incredible lineup. Uh, Anti-Serum, Paper Diamond came through. No Can't Do was there. Mm. I mean, it was just like cool vibes, and it was really a fun night in L.A. And It was dope. It reminded me of like, for one, it was on Western and 7th. Mm. Yeah, and Western that. is like, I'm from Western and 57. I've caught in the bus to like, you know, to bars in K-Town from that, from that area. And it was good. And I think the first time I met you guys was like across the street across the street like yep, you know maybe boba. two blocks down right yep. next to the boba building you know or the yep. boba fucking store and it was it just it was like special to me you know it was like toki you dumb it was like it was the idea that like i no one could have thought of you know else for you guys but it was like why hasn't this existed before you know what i'm saying it was pretty dope it almost yeah. felt like to a certain de- degree because like i was we were just telling jeff like we only had a week to promote that. Yeah. And, we, and it was it was going to rain that day. We mm-hmm. were honestly thinking that there might be like three, 400 people that show up, mm-hmm. like max. Yeah. And it turned out that we capped out at like 11 p.m. We had to turn away 800 yeah. people. Yeah, so it was like and a block song. It was more than just us. Mm-hmm. It was about like the, the city, the, our town, mm-hmm. wanting something like that to just come and, and, and party at. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it was, it was really cool because it brought out people from all dips, different places. It wasn't just like an Asian thing, though. Yeah. Right? It was yeah. in K-Town. So it was like Hollywood. Like, oh, this is not just, you know... It felt like like Hollywood 2.0. And yeah, like, right. Yeah. It was so like at eight, we were up there setting up since like seven o'clock. So we're upstairs like watching the people walk in, and and then around nine o'clock when the doors open, you look and you see like you know it's all the all the Korean kids who mm. didn't really know and never been to like a trap party before. Yeah. They're dressed in their mini skirts. They didn't they know how it's going to turn up. They make makeup on all nice. You know what I hated was the security, the inside. We'd created the party so there would be no boundaries. And yeah. they had this little VIP section. We're like, yo, get rid of this. <laughs> yeah. So next time, we got to just completely Definitely. get rid we're, of that shit. No, it's like, so it feels I'm like every, it's a part of, everybody's part of it. Yeah, I got like, drunk, really drunk that night. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, saw you. I was with my I wife, though. Too, dude. I was faded. Yeah. And um, my wife, she was like, like, how much do these girls get paid to dance right here? Because, you know, you guys had the yeah, go-go man. girls. And so, like... You know, I was, like, super, like, aggressive with the go-go girl, but not, like, on some, like, you know, it wasn't foul, but, like, it was, like, I kind of, like, chased her down, and I was, like, hey, how much money did you make tonight? And she was, like, I can't hear you, I, I can't hear you. More. And I was just, like, no, no, my wife wanted to know, and then it got more weird the more I explained it, and, like, uh, right. she's, like, sounded, sounded like about your ideas. And sounded like a proposition. Yeah, yeah like, that's, it sounded like I was trying to fucking so get her. Right? Yeah. How much for the girl? Um, did you rent her? Did you rent her? Uh, <laughs> I did not yeah, rent her. Did not rent her. Let's um, so let's go awesome. back. Renting. Wait, what? Okay. Yeah, Boogie. Rent, perfect segue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, renting girls. Right. I'm getting good at this. So the booking. <laughs> you gotta explain the booking okay. and then the renting girls. The booking. The upgrade. There was this culture, right? Right. The Korean clubbing. The Asian males are generally shy. So what the waiters will do is or they'll. Lazy. Yeah, lazy. We're lazy. I, re- I, re- I respect that. Lazy. I never want to approach. I'm just like, like a male lion, bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We chilling. So, so what happened was the clubs devised this way in Koreatown where they will they will give girls a group of girls a table for free, and the guys will pay for that for our own table. And what the waiters are do is they bring these girls that get the free tables to different guys' tables and pass them around. 
and you just share drinks, and it's a way for guys to get to know girls. I feel like that's just an. We've talked about this before. I feel yeah. like it's an advancement in human civilization. But that it's dying. It's, it's almost dead. dead. Well, it's because dead. I yeah. could really. I'm like, when yeah. did that stuff start popping? Yeah. Like, nah. I remember hearing 90s. about that first in like 90s. Oh, yeah. late nineties. Yeah. Yeah. My friends had gone, but like, because even in Korea, it's like it's done. They're transforming more because it's just because it kind of because it's like kind of chauvinistic. Yeah, the girls were like, yo, I don't want to get dragged. Dog, you literally see girls get dragged. Right. I do not endorse that. And then you see them bring them to your table and they sit there and you're like, you like where's my and like, my yeah, like, talk, like, yeah, talk to her for a little bit and maybe and maybe something works out or like she the, if she's like There'd drag. be a system like you know, you gotta but you like, gotta you gotta look But like maybe she's like, Oh, we just got dragged to the Far East movement and they're like, That was probably a good gig. <laughs> they probably, that always works out good. Yeah, they're probably yeah. like, hey, international pop stars. But the girls have a system too where they'll calculate it. They can stay at your table just long enough to get a free drink. Yeah, and move to it's like speed dating. Yeah. Exactly. It's exactly like speed So dating. when that started to die out, the underground scene started popping and all these karaoke bars would pop up and there'd just be girls, but not just Asian. There'd be Latina, white, black, mm-hmm. and they would walk by. Did that by come from room. LA? Yeah, that's okay. from LA. Craigslist. Yeah, and, and they would walk in your room, and you'd be in your karaoke room, and you'd be like, I want you, 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 and you just pay them, like, what, I don't know, 60 bucks an hour and shit, and mm-hmm. they hang out with you, and... You don't get no free, no it's, extra... It's no hands-out. No happy ending. No no it's it's literally like, they walk in, you'd be like, nah, 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 and they walk right out. So no, no, like, no attitude, <laughs> no... And you know, it's like, a business trend, yeah, yeah. We've had fun, like we've done it. Business people brought us. We had fun, but now when it's like the staple of how girls yeah. see, at, oh, if I'm in Koreatown, I can make some dough off these fools. Like that's the way and girls like kind of feel. Random now. girls, like yeah. ignore. It wasn't Dude, like not, yeah. We fed someone that was like, you don't want to feel like a trick. Our, at our show. Mm-hmm. We're like, she like used to come to the shows all the time, and now she's working doing that. And we're like, whoa, that's crazy. It's just the underground economy. Dude. Hey, LA right now, man, there's so many like it's it's uh there's so many like sh- girls I know that have become strippers like in, in my in my age like <laughs> I like, don't know any. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Corp City High. Hamilton. You guys went to Hamilton. You went to Hamilton. Yeah, I went to Hamilton. What about you? Palisades. Palisades. What about you? Peninsula. Peninsula, which is that's like in South South Bay. Yeah, South Bay. Okay, yeah. Hamilton like turns out rappers. (laughs) Every you know, uh, like the jerk kids are from the south or from Hamilton. Sid the kid went there. Yeah, Sid from OF went there. Uh, Mers is from there. Baz went there. Baz. Yeah, well, he's like a singer. Julia Holter. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't even know the Mars from Hamilton. Yeah, he went to Hamilton too. So, Palisades turns out a uh, dance artist. Dance artist. Like <laughs> Will, really? Will, Will, Will went there. Red Food. Red really? Food went there. Looks Scott like. Blue went there. And us. Ahmad went there too. Ahmad. Really? Yeah. Ahmad. Back really in the day, Ahmad? Yeah, back in the day. Uh, well, how was, was Palisades? Red Food those... produced that song. <laughs> really? Wait, wait, wait. Back in the day. He remix. Oh, okay. That's crazy. They all went to school at the same time and stuff, so. Ahmad's the shit. Yeah, he is one of the best rappers you know, ever. He, yeah. he went to Stanford. Even to this day. He went back to Stanford. Really? And like, got a degree from Stanford. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There's a big article about it. He hit me up like randomly like three years ago. I should hit him up and get him on Shots Fired. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. He's so, uh, I feel like he's a guy that I couldn't curse around though. Or, like, yeah. Well, what's amazing holy. about Ahmad is like he wrote that song at like, what, 19? Like, who's that nostalgic for back in the day at like 19? Super old soul. Yeah. 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 Really old soul. 
Um, so back to renting girls. So then, no, I just find like the, the divide between this not prostitution, which I find fascinating. Yeah. Prostitution is paying for sex, though. This is yeah. just like no, but that's like a because you don't you really hear about anything in between. It's usually one or the other. Yeah, this is sort of a nether ground. So you're essentially just paying for them to pour you a drink, sit next to you, and sing karaoke. If you want mm, them to yeah. sing, they'll sing a song, you know, and yeah, that's yeah. it. But it's become such a glorified thing. Um, it got to the point where I'm we were doing an, an interview, I think I'm it was like British Airways or like the magazine in flight and the interviewer who's a cool brother was like, yo, take me to this. And we're like, yeah, no, nah, we, we're not trying to like promote that. Out, like, yeah. you know, it's not that, it's just, we just don't feel that. We'll go with our homies, you know, on like some low down, let's have fun tonight type mm. thing. Grimy, thirsty shit. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but we're not trying to literally promote that. Like that, yeah. that for us is a slap in the face. It's kind of like. And is it like all like everyone there is Asian? Like, what if you're like just a random random people showing up? Do they not let you in? You know, I don't. I don't think I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think is, it's gotten to that point. We've yet. only been Asian actually. But so they've. <laughs> Then you know what though? They usually shy away though, right? They're usually kind of like, yeah, because they they think they get paranoid and they think you might be the police. You might be a snitch, yeah. If you're like amongst a bunch of Asian people, you you or two other three people are there, it's fine. But if it's like four yards, roll up in there like yo. Sometimes you go to place and they'll be like, yeah. They do do that though. Like even like when the the K clubs were popping like ten years ago, I remember I used to get like calls from like the homies, be like, oh shit, we can't get in, like. Oh, you guys didn't bring a green person with you guys? Like, nah, like, oh man. Yeah. I'll be over there in a minute. <laughs> I think it's a, it is a way of life. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that's interesting how I think I don't think a lot of people know that. I mean, I didn't know that necessarily. What? Just this whole like uh so now where is it right now? It's this is still like the most popular thing kind of in K Town. It is, you know, hopefully there'll be more. Spam and eggs will be Spam the next and eggs. How yeah. often what is that gonna be? We're doing uh we're, we're trying to set another one up uh, early part of next year. Mm -hmm. uh, we committed to do like maybe like three events mm -hmm. right now, but considering the, the way that things are going, we might we might keep it going. We might turn it into like a fucking week. Yeah, you guys should at least do monthly, dude. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Because it doesn't seem it, it doesn't seem like uh like like it's like, like the people there they just want it. Like there was no fights that night. Mm -hmm. Can you believe that? And well, like and it was the mixture of people too. It's like. Like um like I'd be running around like trying to get people in or, or set set things up during that day. And every once in a while I'd stop and I go on, and I go and talk to people and see how they're doing. And at one point I talked to a like there's a, a group of five five white dudes and I was like I was like, Hey, you guys you guys having a good time? They're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, You guys you guys this is what you expected though. They're like, Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, But you guys are having fun. They're like, Yeah, no, the music's great and God, there's so many Asian girls. <laughs> what one thing I have to say though, <laughs> well, they just did a study set. actually where it was like Asian like girls are winning now. Yeah. They had like a dating. Yeah, it was kind Wait, of a. What? There was some bad fun. It was like kind of uh, in some ways, but they had a study of like who on online dating, like what they're like looking for, and like every race of guys was like Asian girls were really? the most popular. Really? Yeah. Except, yeah. Except, except for Asian, Asian guys, guys don't I like Asian it. girls. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was feeling, you know, the, the bars, they weren't prepared they, for this. There was five dudes at the most. There was a guy that did this, like, um, I was there at the bar, and, you know, I just wanted to, uh, I didn't even know how to pronounce it, the hite or the height or the height, uh, yeah, whatever. I was one, I wanted that one. And I was like, I just want two of these. And then he, like, did this, like, shake his hands thing, and he just ran, like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he was like. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, the bar we, was packed. We, we, mm. had, we were like, yo, we got to figure that out. We got to figure out a lot of that stuff. Mm. We we almost got, sh well, we did get shut down. They, they the got a lot marshal. of people out of there, yeah. Yeah, the fire marshal. Oh, right? yeah, the fire marshal did come by. And yeah. then, uh, they, the guy they with were, the mustache. 
Uh, yeah, Andrews. That guy's everywhere. The he's guy the one that busts down a low in theory. Yeah. Oh, you, you see, see that guy's before. everywhere. I've seen that guy. Whenever out. you see him, you're like, fuck. I've seen that guy. Like, him and Reggae Pops, I see out the most. Reggae Pops? Who's Reggae Pops? You don't know Reggae Pops? He's, he's this crazy dancing old man who always is like, you've seen him. He's like 80 years old and he gets down. Oh, he's the guy at the do-over. Yeah, the guy at the do-over. But he's everywhere. That guy's Reggae got moves. Is he breakable, though? Like, could you, like... Like bribe him or something. The fire chief, like, you know, reggae pops probably. We're we, like, we gonna edit this out, but you try it. <laughs> no, we keep it. We keep it. No, we don't mind. We didn't have to pay. It was right? actually really cool because the thing is, is like he was gonna shut us down because we didn't have a lot of the stuff like mm-hmm. that he was asking for at first. But then, like we had a friend that knew him and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. They just made us uh, break up the line, mm-hmm. but they let the party keep going because literally at eleven thirty, I got I got a text like they're shutting us down. I was freaking out. Yeah, but yeah, they let us keep rocking until two. That's yes. awesome. So let's go back to the music. So then right. you guys put out um, Girls in the Dance 4, and then yeah. that's you guys get a deal from Aeroscope. That, was that like kind of about yeah. the same time? Yeah, we got yeah. a call from, it's, it's a, you know, we used to intern at Interscope, and, and it was always a place we wanted to go. So when we got that call, it was just, we shitted our pants. We're like, Dude, can't believe it mm-hmm. that we would work there for free, mm-hmm. and they want to sign us. And yeah, we went in and... So you meet with Jimmy Iveen is his office in a giant headphone. Dude, he so he invited us to his house mm. and there's a movie theater in there and he said, Yeah, come over and watch a movie. Like, what was the movie? Inglorious Bastards. That's tight. And and guess so it's a, he's like, I'm just gonna invite a few friends over. Yeah. So he invites uh Quincy Jones. <laughs> yeah, we're like, What? Uh, yeah. Will I am oh, shit. Far East movement and it was just us and Mary, Mar- Mary J. Blige there. Mary J. Blige <laughs> there. Yeah. yeah. And I would have shot myself queen. in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> like, I made it to the top. All right. like, why are we here, dude? Hey, that was, yeah. like, hey, Quincy Jones, yeah. a, like, thriller. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? It, if they only had Instagram during that time, they yeah. did it. We would have been Instagramming the shit out of that, like, movie theater right now. million likes. <laughs> Yo. yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was seriously... We it was uh, like a dream, man. That's yeah, cool. Bro. So then you got, and then you guys recorded. Obviously, uh, that was your first. That was, you guys consider your first like real album, the one in their scope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How did things change at that time? Like, what were you guys like recording? Like, I mean, obviously, like G6 came out of the sessions, but we were talking about it earlier. That was a mixtape song. Yeah, we weren't planning on putting that on the album. Uh, it was a song that no one was sure about, so we're like, let's throw it on a mixtape. So. We threw it on a mixtape and we gave it to Jeff, and it was behind backstage. That's not an Egyptian lover song, on really. It, so I knew they were official. <laughs> yeah. How long ago was this? It was a while. No, it was a, no. It was like it was not. It was not 1985. I know. But no, but it was. It was like what? 2009. Eight or nine. Yeah, I did a big okay, LA Times like Sunday cover story before those. I met them because they were already. Hmm. We it was at the Palladium and you guys had that show with LMFAO and yeah. I kind of interviewed you guys and they um, my dad's got that that article framed. Oh yeah, oh. that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember you guys told me afterwards that all of a sudden like the Korean press started like hitting you up to do yeah. a story, right? Like you, yeah, which is kind of interesting how that. But so they ended up, they, they were at the Palladium and like you guys. Well, what, what what struck me about it was that you know the fan base was like very diverse and that was the first time I'd seen like kind of you know like there were all kinds of kids that were into it. I remember my little cousins like was I think twelve, thirteen years old at the time and she was like. I know something's blowing up when I'm like talking to like a really bad broad at a place and then like the song comes on and then she just stops talking to me. <laughs> that, was just, that was the case with this with this song. It was just like and the song came on and then like it was just like either I have to dance with her now and embarrass myself <laughs> or I just let her go do her thing. Do you not dance either? Huh? I mean, it depends. It, 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 it's not. It's uh, never like all the all the time, you know. But it wasn't that time. I have to be very inspired to dance. Yeah, 
You guys, you guys obviously. Did. <laughs> <laughs> you guys like dancers growing no, up? No, dude, I still I won't dance. No. Really? really? Man, I, don't, I can't do it. Do the two step. <laughs> I do that. You know, when you're on stage, you just jump. Yeah, you just. Oh, you just the couch, couches. couches. That's, yeah, that's true. You do yeah. kind of dance on stage and like yeah, you kind of yeah. cook. Yeah, I cook. I have my own variations. <laughs> I'm not a master <laughs> chef. It's like chop, chopping, chopping carrots and shit. Yeah, while you're slide them over. <laughs> so how did you guys? I think uh, you guys told me this, but like, so the session for like a G6, how did that kind of come about? You guys were like drunk, right? <laughs> you guys oh, like, were, like, yeah. Well, we we got linked up with the Cataracts through uh, a DJ named Espinoza on the Bay, mm-hmm. and we just met up at their crib and recorded it in a room like this with a mic like this, just against the wall. And then put it out for free, and it just started to catch catch wind. And I mean, I think label really didn't get into it till it was like already moving. Yeah, it had like a million views on YouTube, right? Yeah, and it, like it was that. like number sixty on iTunes, and it just was doing its own thing. And um, I still remember that time we went to San Diego, and then we got a call from uh, our manager, and he was like, uh, "You guys know that this is like a forty-five minute set. We had like thirty minutes worth of material. Like, uh-huh. oh, shit." We're just gonna start picking songs. Yeah. So we pick. So we're like, oh, G six. We'll just do this one. Uh-huh. And we went up on stage, and like halfway through the set, we throw that song in, and all of a sudden, people just start fucking screaming, mm-hmm. and they're singing the song back to us, dude. I totally fucking freaked out, and that's when we're like, oh, maybe, maybe, that's the one. That's interesting. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that too about like the system where they always assume like you know when when somebody breaks through with a puppet, they always assume like oh. It must have been spammed at radio. They must have paid somebody a million dollars to promote it at radio. And like sometimes that probably is the case, but like a lot of the times it's actually like an organic kind of thing. Where like even like good dope just sells itself. Well, look at that Sage of the Gemini. Like Sage of the Gemini right now. Like you know, like that shit was. Which song is it? His his is a a shake it like a red nose. That was a huge YouTube phenomenon before ever like eight months, nine months before it got played Mm -hmm. on radio. Yeah, those are songs that like I I hate when they come on. I have kids, you know, Uh. and so I have a daughter that's seven. And she's she's kind of like, you know, she has like ratchet capabilities in her future. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and so like, <laughs> like in school, they're like, this ra- one has ratchet. ratchet her and her friends, like you know, like she hangs out with this little Indian girl named Simran that's always like popping her neck and shit. Then like you know, the little Mexican girls from the projects and like you know, it's just too much attitude and spice with them. And like, <laughs> too fucking much attitude and spice. <laughs> she's got too a lot much. of vim and vigor. For real, dude. Uh, and then like you know. Like when that song, like the the shake it like a red nose came on, like oh. for one, I let it play. I let I never censor anything, you know. Like, but like she's in the back, like she's singing it, and then I'm just like, it got kind of got me one day, and then like a week later, then she's like explaining like to like you know my wife like how how to like do the dance that her and her friends made up. I'm like, there's no dance to that song. You do not do that dance because you know basically like no, it's it's the gas pedal. Like you know, oh, grab yeah. the wall. Like you don't grab any walls. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Never grab the wall. No, uh, I remember. Turn around told. and you look him in his eye. <laughs> we're not stand a foot away from you. Uh, <laughs> yo, yo, we were talking about that song and you're like, I don't like that song. You're like, why? You're like, shake it like a red. It was like a dog. You said, yeah, shake it like because honestly, man, I spent a lot of time in strip clubs, you know. And then I'm a music, I'm a music dude too. On Thanksgiving, yeah, I've, I've done some. I have some. I've had some weird days in strip clubs, but never Thanksgiving. But uh. <laughs> like fucking you know like I'm I'm there I'm like getting in, in the vibe or whatnot like I'm already desensitized to songs about killing people while strippers shake titties at me but then like I imagine like shake it like a red nose like you know I imagine like a pit bull just like shaking the shit out of a tire you know and like uh, <laughs> and it just fucks it up for yeah. me so yeah, yeah. yeah. well you've ruined it for America
No, I know I have it. Yeah, that's fine. I'll still throw a couple dollars. Just, <laughs> yeah. So then after that, that was kind of like, the, how long did it take to get? Was that when they they were they gonna put out the album before that, or did they, were they just like much faster? Like like they speed up the. Oh treadmill. yeah, after that, uh, like you know, luckily Cherry Tree's always been behind us. It's mm-hmm. just there's all these other, you know. Uh, doors, roadblocks, obstacles. Yeah. obstacles. That's yeah, a big part. But um, mm. so yeah, it, it finally got in. We got our album. Yeah, we put it out, and yeah, it just kind of. How far did it go? Number two. The the song. The, how how did the song go in the chart? It was, it was number number one for. It was three number weeks. one. Three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow, I knew that. <laughs> I remember that. I got the email. No, it was it was weird though. <laughs> it was a one for two weeks, then it dipped, and then it went back to one again. That's cool. So who was your Who was your competing song at the time? Because that's I think like I don't know, it was like some Bruno Mars. Bruno. Uh, we were definitely competing with Bruno because he'd be on the phone with us. When yeah. He was number one, and then we beat him. Like we got yeah. after we called him and shit. And that was, that was, was it dope? Playing yeah. friendly, or were you guys like, what the? Was it like? No, I mean, Larry he Bird with, and he worked with a bunch of songs on, on that album, so it was all, yeah. it was all homie shit. Yeah, yeah. that's tight. He actually co-wrote "Girls on the Dance Floor." Really? Yeah, a lot really. Of don't know oh that wow, that's tight. Yeah. yeah, that guy's talented. Yeah, he's he's the real deal. Yeah, yeah, he sing like crazy. He plays like hella instruments too, right? All of it. Yeah, yeah? that's crazy. So so then you guys dropped, dropped "Dirty Bass," and that was what eleven or twelve. Uh, 12, I think. 12, yeah. 12, 12, yeah. Yeah, our last album. And then, so we were talking about it, like, like you guys had, like, you were saying how, like, you had top 10 hits, like, all over the world. Like, I, I was, I was like, following it, and, like, it was, like, weird country. It was, like, Austria. It was, like, a big hit, right? Like, yeah. Australia, big hit. Switzerland. Was, you know what it was? Yo, it was weird, because we, we thought, well, the last album, we felt limitations internationally, so we're like, let's travel and let's record this album internationally. Let's record it in hotel rooms, mm. uh, green rooms, and you know wherever show we are, and just kind of take fuel off the crowds uh, of these different countries and make an international album. So we set out to do that, and the, album, the last album did amazing internationally, but mm-hmm. did like wood in, in the US. <laughs> really? Like not even wood, like, like what's the shit that's in wood? Like it, it was... It's like fucking yeah. wine cork. Like what is yeah, that? Shit? Yeah, like less. <laughs> it, it was just like you know, it did dust. So we were like, you know, and, and we realized that music had changed so much on the home front, not just L.A. but the United States. You know, mm-hmm. uh, urban stations or rhythmic stations got a lot harder. Um, everything started to really kind of just become its own niche. EDM stayed EDM. Mm-hmm. People don't want to hear rap on EDM. You know, things like that. It, mm-hmm. it all kind of just everything became a lot cooler. And so we're like, yo, we need to come home for this next album yeah. and just live and breathe and smoke tree and just, you know, come back home and, and, and make this next album here. So, yeah, like we were talking about, like the last album really opened the door for us internationally. But yeah, like I'm looking at it right really, now, like Live My Life, not to interrupt you, but it was like number two in Luxembourg. It was like number one, number two in the Czech Republic, number one in Belgium, like number six in Ireland. Yeah, I mean, number three in Slovakia. Are you guys huge in Slovakia? There's a lot of places that we went. Like, we went to like Kazakhstan and no shit. What yeah, was Kazakhstan like? It's not like Bo- not it's like not the movie at all. Like Bo- dog. Yeah. They hate that at all. Yeah, yeah. I bet they've got that one a couple times. Yes. They all look like a bunch of Asian people that speak Russian. Really? That's tight. Right, that's, that's like a fair way to... I was to... rocking, but there's a lot of places that we had never been before. Like, what was that one place where we did that one festival on the on the beach? 
Latvia. Latvia. Have you even heard of Latvia? I think I played in Latvia. I played in Latvia this last August. What's the name of the festival? It was just called. Uh, yeah, the stage you had was literally on the beach. Yeah. yeah. But the album "Turn Up the Love" was number one in Poland. Yeah, number two in the UK. That's yeah. crazy. And UK dance number thirteen. Yeah, so that's that's pretty wild. And what about England? Is it pretty different when you go to England? Oh yeah, we we had our first number one in, in England this year too with the "Get Up" with Bingo Players. Oh really? And then it just is. I don't know, man. It was like one of those things where it's like, okay, international was good, but you come home and it feels like you accomplished nothing. And, you know that that's why uh, I don't know we 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 we're really refocusing and yeah. you know just really getting back to the grassroots. Do you want to play? Let's play one of these new songs. Do you want to play something from uh, the Murder Was the Basic? Yeah. So yeah, we 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 decided to do a, a production side of Forest Movement too, not just you know as rappers and artists, but we wanted to really showcase you know us how we get down on creating tracks. So we collabed with uh, Rel the Soundbender. He's a new artist with Transparent Agency and. Uh, sick trap producer and then we also got with Corrupt from the Dog Pound who has always been cool with us since the day we met Snoop and just an OG of the West Coast oh, yeah. true representative and um, we, we wanted to do some outside the box EDM mashup West Coast fusion stuff with this project it's called Murder Was The Bass and uh, here's the first song let's play it cool let's play you want to play uh, Murder Was The Bass Murder Was The Bass yeah Far East Movement, Corrupt Young God, Rail Soundbender, Murder with the Beast. Just in case you try to save me. So, so you guys did this and you guys have a song with Riff Raff. Yes, Riff Raff. Let's talk about that. The fucking eel. <laughs> Riff Raff. Well, we're going to go out on the song with Riff Raff. That will be right. as we play as the... So with, with, uh, we've been searching his videos online and just going, dude, who is this? <laughs> I did a big story on him and like it was, uh, I think it was the first one actually. Yeah, on Riff yeah. Raff. I, we saw that dude and it was, we, you know, we had the same, we're like, yo, this is so interesting. And then we had made this beat, or we made this song called The Illest, and we didn't know what to do with it. But we just, you know, we were fans of Trap, we were, we were going to the shows, you know, meeting some real good producers, and so we just, this was our version. And then uh, our manager had heard it, Russ, and was like, yo, I'm gonna give this to, uh, I wanna give this to Riff Raff. 
You're gonna give them the real. And I was like, no. <laughs> no. Did you like no. add Versace and like the several no, verses? No, You're like, yeah, well, sprinkle a little Versace. The song, like, yo, someone else wants. It's like a, your girl. Totally. She's not hot until someone else digs her, and you're like. I have a song about that called "Never Look Better." I got. Oh, I gotta hear that. It's a Richard Pryor joke. He says, uh, "Your girl never looked better until she was on another nigga's arm." <laughs> <laughs> really? That's this beat. That was this yeah. song. So we're like, hold up. So we started looking at more, and we're like, yo. This guy's kind of dope, dude. And honestly, like, he's really imaginative with his lyrics. Like, yeah. and, 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 and it's bringing just a whole different perspective. And I think with, with Far East Movement, we love when when people aren't afraid to just kind of, like, let it all out. You know, we're ourselves, however we can be. And, you know, you just got to be proud of that. And so we're like, it would be really cool to put them on a track. And it, it ain't about two people saying they're the illest. It's about two people just feeling like it. Did you get to hang out with Riff Raff? We what? did, and the first time we met him, he asked us for coke. <laughs> Tell me about a night with Riff Raff. No, I'll like, stop. to be yeah. fair, I did interview him, and he had, like, rolled up dollar bills, which is, like, he's pretty, yeah. Yeah, no, it's like, legit. Yeah. So he's really about that. He yeah, is, totally. We're, we're like... About that life. Real. Yeah, and so he came in the studio, crushed it. We, we decided then, let's just do the song together. Yeah, and, that's and cool. Then um, premiered it on, on Power and yeah it's, it's kind of doing its thing right now it's opened the door for us to start our album yeah so yeah it's been cool yeah so what uh, did you guys go out with Riff Raff afterward like We've done a couple shows with them. Like we did the we we popped up during uh the Mad Decent block party. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, that was dope. Mm-hmm. It was funny. They cut off the set though, and then he, uh, really, yeah, he was not happy. Yeah, no, no, kicking over happy. shit. Got I out. think Riff Raff is great. Like I, yeah. you know what I mean? Like like do you, it's it's weird because normally when people are like, oh, but can you pick? I think Riff Raff has like some really good songs, like a lot of bad songs, but like he is very. Colorful and like not it just like in like you always talk about Ghostface like a Ghostface kind of rapper you know Ghostface I always felt like would people would say really fly shit but they're like he's saying gibberish and I'm like actually I think Ghostface usually means something yeah. Riff Raff I think is a lot of times saying gibberish but it's so colorful that like you know it's just like that chandelier ridiculous absurd you have know you, have you have you actually met someone from Long Island or some some or like someone that's from like that part of New York describe mm. a Ghostface verse. Uh, no, I haven't. It's fucking unbelievable. Remember mm-hmm. that time when uh, we we had a homie that his manager was from there, mm-hmm. and he went like every yeah. his, every half bar yeah. is something. Yeah, yeah. like he. I was explaining meticulous. to somebody that like because uh, I was explaining to my homie that like I didn't grow up off of you know I grew up off of E forty. I didn't grow up off of Ghostface. So I was trying to explain to him like so you know E40, like forty yes. you know so I was like I don't really know what the dude's talking about, but I understand. Why, like, you know, a dude you from the East guess. Coast doesn't yeah. like E-40. Like, I, I totally get it. Totally. Because, you know, this fucking big country. And there's a we were supposed to have a wine tasting with E-40 last week. It didn't, it didn't go through. You went wine tasting? No, we were supposed to. Oh, E-40 oh, was going to do a awesome. personal wine tasting. But it love didn't, E-40. It didn't happen. Yeah. It's all bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dude, you see, you're such a hit, dude. <laughs> so, I know you guys got to go, um, but we're going to play the Riff Raff song. But, you know, oh, so what shit. next? Uh, what's next for you guys? Man, uh, working on a new album, getting mm. in with No Can, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna play you guys some we're records. Saying it right here, so we getting right. in. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next spam and eggs, and yeah, we're just we're gonna stay in LA and work this album, do spot dates, but mm-hmm. get ready for this new Far East Movement album, please. And thank mm-hmm. you guys all for right. LA and everyone else yeah. out there. You guys will have to come back when the album comes out. Yeah, that'd be dope, man. Yeah, all right. That's dope. Yeah, thank you guys. All right, very oh, yeah. cool. All right, yeah. Shots fired. Shots. Bam. Block up, Tree. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was dope, man.
dripping on your couch. Seven Tangeray with orange bang me on that Tropicana. I'm dripping on your couches from the hills of public housing. If you feeling ill, then damn you, it'll be the illest on a thousand. Yeah. <laughs>